Welcome back to the Not Just a Bikini Girl podcast. This is your host, Justin Jeffrey, And today we have Erin, another one of my athletes. And for my, yeah, you're the only figure athlete. So you're like a special one. <laughs> um, so welcome to the podcast. I'm getting all my athletes on at the moment during the quarantine, lockdown uh, sort of phase because we've all got a lot more time on our hands. So we're just going to cover off very similar things that you have done with the other athletes, but obviously a bit more about Erin, figure journey, visualization, staying positive, like loads of different bits. So welcome, Han, to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> How are you? I'm so good. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. It's actually quite nice weather, so I'm kind of liking this spare room at the moment because it's just that uh, nice and warm so I cried this morning <laughs> and I haven't I, I haven't been on a bike for probably about five years <laughs> but I needed to nip to the shop and I was like oh I'll just go take the bike rather than driving and it was actually really really nice my legs are, you, are in today <laughs> are you finding that like random stuff you have in your house that have just been sitting there for the past how many god knows how long you're just randomly like picking it up like, I've never picked up the spade in the garden. Suddenly, I'm, I'm spading the whole freaking garden. And then the same with you, with your bike. It's probably been sitting I there. I think, I think this is just going to make us all go a little bit crazy. Um, I did a workout with a scarf the other day. And I would have never done that in my life. But I used the scarf as a TRX. And it actually works really effectively, believe it or not. <laughs> this... Um, this quarantine is just going to make us all a lot more creative and do things that we don't normally do. Um, so yeah, I actually love going out in the bike this morning. Love it. I've been trying to use like, all the stuff in my bathroom, like all the face mask parts that I just never <laughs> use, just random stuff in the cupboards. Like I never have pasta, but somehow I'm just having tuna pasta like all the time. Cause I'm like, I don't want to waste food. So it's mad how like it's, and like how people's behaviours and stuff are changing quite a lot. It's I know quite... it's crazy. I know it's crazy, but we'll all get through it together. Exactly. Exactly. So for people who don't know who you are, talk to us a little bit about your journey with competing and we'll delve in a bit more into that first. So I started my journey as a bikini athlete back in 2018. So I did my first show in April, which was the PCA Scottish. Then I came third in that show, and then went on to do the British finals, which I won my class and won the overall. Then went on to the PCA Worlds and came third at PCA Worlds. I got quite ill after um, PCA Worlds, so took a little bit of a time off and then started with my new coach which is the same coach as Jazz, so we're both with Carl. People um, don't know that, but yeah, I went out with Carl. <laughs> oh, you know what? <laughs> it's all good, though. It's all good. Um, so you've said bikini, but it's actually trained bikini that you trained it, that you um, competed in, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. So I'll start out again. That's all right. So I'll start the whole thing again? No, no, no. It's just so people have the context. It's not bikini. I, I guess for people who are maybe in Canada or US or wherever they are, I don't know if they have it in those countries, but in the UK, there's one federation that you have bikini 
toned and you have bikini trained. So for people that don't know Erin, describe the differences between bikini toned and bikini trained for people. Okay. Different federations, there are um, different rules and criteria for um, their bikini athletes. So bikini trained with PCA is a harder, denser, more muscular look than your bikini toned class. So I have been training for roughly about six years at the moment and going with bikini trained was um, definitely the route I needed to take. So I started with um, PCA bikini trained the, and then I went on to the British finals and competed in bikini trained there and won the overall and became British champion. And then after seeing my stage photos, figure was definitely the route I needed to go down. So after coming off the stage at the British, we took time to grow, get bigger, um, before competing as an IFBB figure athlete in 2019. When you came into competing, was your goal always figure is that kind of where you were always looking to go or was it a case of i like bikini and it was just like it looks like the right sort of route so i was brought into this industry by a girl that did wbff so i actually started following a lot of wbff athletes at the very beginning of my journey but after i competed at the scottish in 2018 I absolutely loved the figure look. So I started following all these um, girls um, that competed in figure. And I knew initially that's the look that I did want to go for. Mm -hmm. But back in 2018, I didn't think I was good enough for figure. And with PCA, you've got to do a dance routine. And I ain't good at <laughs> making my body flow. Um, I would literally look like a robot dancing on stage. <laughs> so um, luckily they had the bikini trained class. But then after winning the British title, I'd basically done all that I could with PCA. So moving to IFBB in two bros was um, the next step for me. Um, so it just felt right moving up and doing figure because there's no way I would have been able to fit the bikini class yeah I do not have the glutes for bikini <laughs> so when you went from bikini trained to figure what sort of things did you and Cal kind of I guess consciously work towards what sort of things did you knew did you know that you had to do in order to get up into the figure class I knew that I would have to get in an uncomfortable place in my off season to make sure that I was building the tissue required to compete as a figure athlete mm -hmm. because it's a totally different ball game. You do need to push yourself in your improvement phase to gain um, the muscle needed. So my training split changed um, and overall it was just doing a mixture of everything. So I hadn't even trained chest before <laughs> the last couple of years but when I jumped on board with Carl and we did want to push for that figure look we um, changed up my training and um, pushed more for hypertrophy and pushed more towards failure um, rather than 
what I was doing previously as a bikini athlete. So you talk to us then about going between or going from PCA to IFBB. What were the, I guess, the differences that you noticed backstage, for example, the way the show was run, um, potentially what they look for, like what sort of key contrast could you kind of put out off the top of your head? So from going from PCA to Two Bros, the show was run totally different. So with Two Bros, you do your prejudging or your uh, yeah your prejudging first and then basically they'll do everybody in the in the figure class then you'll go back on again for like your finals and then they'll take you off and then you'll do your um do the awards at the very end which is crazy <laughs> compared to PCA just being once you're on the stage that's you you're getting your prizes, you're, you're getting your everything there. Um, and it's a shorter day, if I'm being honest. But with Two Bros, I found everybody so friendly. Everybody was so nice backstage. And generally, I just liked the way the show was run. Mm -hmm. Much better to what PCA was like. Because mm -hmm. I thought PCA was quite... Um, not unprofessional, but it was... Um, quite what's the word i can't even think of the word it's gonna annoy me now <laughs> but i know what you mean um like clumsy like it wasn't it didn't run smoothly the show didn't run as smoothly as what two bros did um so yeah i definitely preferred the two bro show so i competed with two bros and did my first figure show in august which was the regional qualifier at crawley where I came second in. Mm -hmm. So I just missed the overall for that. We then um, decided that we was going to compete over in Italy, but I wasn't originally going to be doing the um, two bros finals, which was two weeks prior to the Italy show. But I just thought, why not? The more experience, the better. Um, the more stage time as well. It'll only make me a better athlete. Mm. So I competed at the British finals in October and came second in that as well. And then we pushed even further and then won my IFBB Pro card in Italy in September. Woo! I so glad. So did you get feedback between every show? So from Crawley to finals to Italy, did you get feedback at all? So my feedback for the August qualifier was that I needed to come in a little bit leaner and I needed to soften my posing. So looking back, my posing was so hard and I was tensing as hard as I could on the stage because I thought like being a bikini athlete prior, I thought that you, as a figure athlete, you had to tense all your muscles on the stage and try and look as hard as you possibly could. Mm -hmm. But basically, I notice now that it's just the shape that changes. You don't, do not need to come in hard and tense all your muscles like you would for, like, for example, physique. It's just keeping everything a nice, rounded, well-balanced look. So I softened my posing from... August to finals mm -hmm. but um, I couldn't I couldn't keep the condition in my legs mm -hmm. there I couldn't figure out how 
to keep my quads engaged while I was doing my front pose, mm -hmm. which let me down massively. And I only managed to do this the night before Italy. I actually, honestly, it was crazy. I had my family sitting watching me, sitting watching me do my check-ins to Carl. And my dad is honestly like my number one fan. And I remember him just standing with his arms crossed from the side being like, you need to try and roll your feet out a little bit. And I have no idea how he managed to know I needed to do this. Love it. And I rolled my feet out and boom, my quads stayed the whole time. It was mental. Your dad's like the next um, posing, number one posing coach in the UK now. It was crazy that he, he was like, try roll your feet out a little bit. And I've got it all on video. And I rolled my feet out and he was like, yes. And I was like, oh my God. And then when I got up on stage in Italy, um, as soon as I went into my first pose and um, locked my quads out, I just heard him like roar at the top mm. of his voice. And it was just, it was the best experience ever. I'm so glad that I didn't get my pro card at the British finals now. Um, you should that now. Yeah, because they wouldn't have, I would have, wouldn't have got to experience it with them yeah there. definitely so when it comes to tattoos i think it's an important topic to kind of cover because you've got tattoos and i it's absolutely i didn't obviously I just don't look at your legs like when i'm talking to you but i agree you have got quite a big tattoo on your legs so did you ever like did you cover it for every show do you cover it for a certain amount of shows was it ever commented on did you feel like you couldn't see your condition as well? Did it make no difference at all? Like, talk to us about that element because it's not something I've really covered in the podcast at all, so it might be quite interesting. Yeah, so my tattoos, I didn't cover my tattoos for the first two shows, but I did for Italy. And I, if you don't know me, I have a huge tattoo on the front of my thigh, on my left leg. And then I've got quite a big one on my right thigh at the side. And then I've got one in my back as well. And looking back at the photos of the August in the British finals, it hides the detail on one of my legs. Now, to be fair, it's never once been mentioned. I think it's because you can still see the detail on the other leg. But I just thought for Italy, why not get tattoo covered up and see what happens there? Um, I've never used a tattoo covered up before and oh my goodness it is so effective like looking back I was like you wouldn't even know I had a tattoo on my leg in Italy no. and to be honest I don't think I'll ever not use it now um, just because as a figure athlete they are looking um, at all round symmetry and I think it does look better mm. um, with the tattoo being covered up. Now, I do love my tattoos, but when you're getting up on that stage and you're being judged on your physique, you do not want the judges to be like looking at like the tattoo on your thigh. Yeah. They want you want them to be looking at the whole of your physique. Um so I thought covering it up would be better for that. And yeah, I I am going to do that for all my shows now, 100%. But it's never been mentioned, so um, I don't think the judges will take into consideration 
in air. No. Especially for amateur. Mm, no, I, I agree. At school level, if you're if they're comparing two girls and one's got a tattoo that's maybe hiding some detail and the other one doesn't, I think they would obviously go in mm. favour of the person that does it. I do think though you've got to make sure if you do want to do it, you get the right product and the right coverage because you do see people that just try and slap on any old foundation. It's like, nope, that's going to look horrendous. You don't know how that's going to interact with the tan. So most tanners, from what I know, do um, provide tattoo coverage. If it's like a little one, like usually it's okay. I think for a bigger one like yourself, it might be a case, like maybe with some tanners, you'll have to pay for that extra tattoo coverage um or if you've got your own products but yeah i think it's if it's something that you do want to do i think you probably agree it's like do your research contact with tanners beforehand so they're kind of aware um and all that sort of thing i think that's probably the biggest yeah, definitely, definitely get it done professionally um i got it done from a lady in italy um, and she had like a little kit but i had to just pay for each tattoo that i wanted covered up covered up and it was kind of like face paint well like um like the butterfly. yeah <laughs> but i couldn't believe it i was like watching her do it and i was like i can't believe this tattoo is actually disappearing uh, but yeah i would 100 percent recommend um doing your research on um tattoo cover up because mm. yeah, jerry's got quite a few and obviously like i think one day he will compete on stage and i don't know his tattoos are big like bigger than yeah. yours as well so that's going to be interesting to see. I said to him, if he, if he does end up ever competing, I think try it without, like, not doing any tattoo coverage just to see what it's like. And then maybe just try, like, with. But I think he'd, he'd probably have to cover up his whole body in this, like, face poster. <laughs> <laughs> and he wants to get more tattoos. Like, I think he wants to get his neck and all this stuff. I'm like, look, it's great all these tattoos, but if you ever want to compete, like, this is going to be a challenge. Like, <laughs> I know. a challenge. But no, it's good times. Um, so when it comes to future plans, then obviously things are very to be confirmed. It's all up in the air. Um, but have you had any sort of inkling of when your next going to be stepping on stage? Like, I don't know about you, and be honest with me on this. I, if I ever go pro, I personally would like to get on stage as quick as I can with that pro debut, purely because I think you don't know how you're going to fare until you kind of go on. Um, so, but that's just the way that I see things personally. Um, what sort of things have you got in mind for yourself? So that was kind of what I wanted to do as well. After I stepped off the stage in Italy, I was like, right, I want to have a little off season and then go again in 2020. So this year um, and do my pro debut. So we was going to be doing Romania the end of this year. But with everything that's happening at the moment, we are pushing it back and I'm going to compete in 2021. So I'm just going to take this whole year to grow. Um, and to be honest, I don't want to do my pro debut in Romania. Yeah. I want to do it like somewhere crazy, like, like New York or um, California or somewhere like that I'll remember forever, but I want to know that I'm going to be bringing my very best package to that show, to the stage as well. 
I want to go into my pro debut and people will look at me and go, wow, she has made crazy improvements. And just to show that you do need to take an improvement season to make um, changes. Mm-hmm. So I'm just wanting to um, showcase my journey through this improvement season and then go into 2021 with a bang. But I'm recomping at the minute. Um, so I'm just pulling back calories ever so slightly. Just with everything that's going on, it's probably the best time mm-hmm. to do it when we're not training. And then I'll push for the rest of this year. And then I will go into prep roughly around the end of November this year to compete in 2021. Amazing. Do you find this off season is a little bit, I wouldn't say tricky because it's like, that's not like, I don't want to say that in terms of a general, like generalization. However, I think being a figure athlete, if you're having to put on a lot more mass than capacity of people and you're doing an off season, naturally that's, it, does that, do you feel like it's diff, more difficult has it been more difficult this time round? Like, talk to us about that area, because I know it's something that we've kind of spoken about off, offline, if that's even the word. Um, so I'm just going to be as honest, as honest as I can here. The leaner you get, get as an athlete, the harder that you're going to find going into your improvement season, if I'm being honest. Mm. And if I'm being honest, this is definitely being my hardest transition yet because I seen myself at such a lean state coming out of my shows the back end of last year Mm -hmm. and that transition into my off season was a lot longer process and yeah I do need to get myself in uncomfortable places to make sure that I am making the improvements necessary and to make sure that my health is back in an optimal place Mm -hmm. the leaner you get as well the longer it does take for your health to get back um to a good happy place and Mm -hmm. for you um, recovering efficiently so I did find it difficult transitioning this year but luckily with everybody that's been around me and supporting me um I've managed to push through it and yeah, I am only just these past couple of months happy again um, with what I'm looking like and I'm um, not seeing myself um, in a negative vibe, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Like, I think everybody that's came out of competing knows that it does take a while to readjust to seeing your body at a higher level of body fat, but mm-hmm. it's needed to... Um, make improvements for next time and I think that's what's in the back of my head always like I this is what I need to do if I want to be better the next time I step on stage Mm -hmm. I need to be at a higher level of body fat to make improvements and to be recovering optimally to making sure that I'm making the changes needed to step on stage um in 2021 so i kind of just put on blinkers and ignore what i'm feeling and just realize that it's only temporary mm-hmm. i can cover up i can put on jumpers and um, i can ignore mirrors for a little while because i know that when i step on stage i'm going to be a hell of a lot different to what i was last year 
You can always get a spray tan as well. I kid you not, yeah. spray tans <laughs> are your best friends in off season. I can't stress that enough, girls. Like, get a spray tan, trust me. Everything. Well, you've just got to, to get to where you want to be, you've got to get a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, I think it's, it's difficult as well when a lot of, not a lot actually, but you see people battling, I think. And I've done this myself, I'm not ever going to beat one the bush. I've battled with this myself, being like, oh, I can't get too big can't get too big but actually you spend a lot of time in that like no man's land you're not really making any progress because you're stressed and you're not actually making the improvements that you really need to um so my next question was actually going to be how do you stay motivated but you've answered that so you obviously can see my sheet right now god damn it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so when you've meant you talk a lot about visualization the power of it when it comes to mindset and achieving what you want um, how have you used visualization in prep and in off season, and how can it help others? Visualization in prep is probably one of my number one tools. Like I do it like several times throughout the day while I'm on prep. So first thing I do when I get up in the morning, I jump on the bike and I'll literally close my eyes and just think of me walking up on that stage nailing my posing routine, being, bringing the package that I want to bring, um, seeing myself in my shoes, my bikini, all glam, and just kind of imagining that I am up there bringing my very best. So I'll do, I'll visualize myself before I practice my posing as well. So I'll just imagine myself going through the routine perfectly. And then when I come to do it, I'm like, yes, nailed it. And it was like, um, I used to visualize the package that I wanted to bring up on stage. And I remember looking back, it was actually today, <laughs> I looked back at one of my videos and just seeing the package, I was like, I visualized that exact look that I wanted to bring it early. And it was just, it's surreal. You've just got to kind of think of, but I do it in all aspects of my life. So I, things like my income, my business, and um, where I want to be, I'll visualize that in my head and imagine like I've already got that. Mm -hmm. And I think it just makes me more grateful with every aspect of my life doing that. I think visualization <laughs> is such a good tool that everybody should start practicing. Because mm -hmm. you kind of just like, see yourself in a different limelight if that makes sense yeah and it's giving your your brain like a gps to know where to go because if you don't put the gps in your brain isn't going to go there your body ain't going to go there yeah. nothing's going to go there unless you put the gps in consistently and remind it this is where we're going this is where we're going this is where we're going every single day especially when you're on prep um when it comes to the off season then do you, is that kind of a similar thing so because obviously my body fat is higher, I'm eating a lot more food, I just visualize myself what package I'm going to bring when I step on stage the next time. How big are my quads is going to be? How big are my glutes is going to be? And so I've got a look in my head that I want to aim towards. Um, so yeah, just I visualize what it's going to be like when... I eventually get to the Olympia stage. Because <laughs> you've got to visualize, you've got to believe in yourself that you will eventually get there. Do you think you've got to be a bit deluded? 
a hundred percent. Like I think my boyfriend literally thinks I am the most crazy woman on the planet. Like when I like tell him my goals and I'm like, I'm going to be doing this, I'm going to be doing that. But I think to, with I think you've got to have be some you've got to be a little bit deluded to do this. You've got to dream big, you've got to have big goals and yeah, you've got to be a little bit crazy. I think you've just got to keep pushing forward. I think so. I completely agree. I think in business as well, you have to be a little bit deluded. Like anything you want, you've got to be a slightly deluded. But then you realise you're actually not being deluded. It's fine. Everyone else thinks you are, but you're not. Like everything's okay. <laughs> I know a lot of people think I'm a little bit crazy, but I think we all are, and it just makes us who we are as well as an individual. Yeah. And it's not a bad thing to have a drive and to have goals and um, to believe in yourself as well. Or you won't you always believe in yourself when you, when you're a child or like a teenager, for example. I've always um, been quite competitive in sports, so I um, did competitive Highland dancing when I was younger, and I also swam for Scotland. <laughs> as okay, well. you have covered the, what makes you not just be keeping your question. Love it. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> Love it. That's so cool. Yeah, so I um, competed competitively in dancing and swimming. So I've always had that like, like um, that competitive streak. So I had always been like. It had always been like drilled into me that I had to practice every day, that I had to um, nail my routines. I had to, um, yeah. So I think that's what I've lost my train of thought. That's right. That's no, all good. So <laughs> the next question I kind of want to ask you is in regards to entering the industry slash being in the industry now, you're not based anywhere near me. Um, you are very high up in Scotland there's not a lot of people so it's has that affected you in any way and what sort of advice would you give to people who potentially are in areas whether that's UK wherever you are in the world where you're very kind it, it takes a lot of effort to get to places to connect with others um, did you find that a challenge and what sort of advice would you give to people who potentially might be in that similar situation right now when I first started nobody in my area had ever heard of a fitness competition or had maybe only seen a few girls do it on Instagram. So it was all very, very new to everybody <laughs> in my area. And I did find it a little bit difficult to begin with because a lot of people was judging, judging me because they didn't know what I was doing. So I found it quite difficult at the start but then as soon as people started to see me do it, people was asking questions, people was interested, it became a lot easier. And we was building like a little community um, in my town where people was showing interest. But in regards to connecting with other people, I lost a lot of friends because of competing. Yeah. And the majority of my friends were um, through Instagram. So I was connecting with a lot more people that was interested or competing themselves. And I would be finding myself traveling like eight hours 
just to go and see people um, down in England. But it kept me motivated as well. Like, um, I didn't mind the driving. I didn't mind traveling to see other people um, because it kept me motivated and um, it made it a little bit exciting as well. But it can get a little bit lonely being on your own up um, in a small town where nobody does it. Um, but you've just got to keep on pushing and remember why you're doing this. Bodybuilding is a very lonely sport and you're not, you've got to remember that you're not doing it for anybody. So although nobody did it up with me, I knew I was just doing it for myself mm-hmm. and that's all that mattered. How many friends do you think you've lost through competing? <clears throat> a lot. A lot <laughs> because I used to... I used to be like that casual weekend drinker. Mm-hmm. So like a lot of my friends would go out drinking every weekend. And the more I got into bodybuilding, the less that interested me. So a lot of friends just dropped off. And then when I announced that I was going to be competing and that I wouldn't be able to go out for 20 weeks, I lost a good a good group of my friends but luckily my main circle of girls they've stuck by me which is good they came down to Birmingham to watch me compete at the British finals they came to Italy um, and they're my number one fans and that's all that matters so I've got maybe five best friends and then the rest um, are fitting it like from Instagram and stuff but that doesn't bother me at all. I like to keep my circle small and the people that I have in my life and the people that I connect with now, they mean the most to me. I, I love it. I don't know about you either. When I was like at uni, I, well, I thought they were friends, probably like more acquaintances. But now I'm 26, I ain't got time. I swear yeah. I think about it as well. Tell me about it. <laughs> That's bad. I ain't got. I ain't got time to have that many mates. <laughs> but it's good. I for me, I think I've probably got obviously Izzy been on the podcast before. Um, and yeah, I've probably got three-ish friends like around Northamptonshire. I've got one that she's one of those. I don't. I probably speak to her, like once a year, but it's like we just catch right back up and it's all good. And she's in the army anyway, so I hardly get like I don't know where she could be like in Australia right now for all I know. Um, and yeah, then the rest of my rights are just obviously in the fitness industry. But that was a hard one for me as well. Because it's like that. I think it's accepting that you actually have changed. I think that can be quite hard as well. Because you, like for me, I used to do the same thing. Weekend drinker, always going out. And I still miss that sometimes. But even when I go out now, I just don't want to be getting absolutely blotted. Um, and even then, some of my friends are like, oh. Yeah. If you knew me a couple of years ago, you'd be like, you're a totally different totally different person because I used to love going out and like going to the club until like 3am and then staying in bed for the whole of Sunday (laughs) but see now I couldn't think of anything worse if I'm being honest I um, love being productive with my time so I have a little diary and I just write and tick everything I need to do for the day and um, alcohol just doesn't fit the equation anymore do you find your tolerance of alcohol changes now you drink after being on prep? A hundred percent. I think one glass of wine just knocks me out completely. It's embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing. Like for me, I get a really bad headache 
one glass, I'm like, my head is banging. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And I'm then just get so tired. I just get so, so tired. Yeah. Like, nah, this is enough. <laughs> I'd rather eat my calories. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. So true. So from now at the moment, with things changing, do you feel like you have changed? hundred percent. In what way? Competing has made me a totally different person. It's made me see everything in a different limelight. So I'm a hell of a lot more motivated. My life's got a lot more structure. Um, it's just made me look at everything totally differently. And yeah, it's just made me a better person overall. Because I think with competing, you need to have 100% dedication to bring your very best. So that brushes off onto other aspects of your life. So it's made me more productive with my business, um, my house, um, being a better sister, a better girlfriend. Overall, it's just made me a better person. Definitely. And the same on the flip side of that, how do you, if you've got that 100% mentality, how do you find that happy balance within yourself by not giving yourself a hard time and also taking kind of like, I guess, putting the brakes on, making sure you're relaxing and taking time for yourself instead of always working? Because I think that sometimes when you first get into competing, it's like, right, everything has to be a hunt and go. I can't take one minute off and you just can, you get the other side of that sometimes. I personally found that. I was like, right, I'm going to do 100% this, 100% that. And then it was like, fuck, I'm tired now. Like, I'm exhausted and I have to rein it back in. So how do you find that happy medium within yourself when it comes to competing, your life, business, like everything going on around you? I'm still trying to get to grips with this, if I'm being honest. Mm. Um, I... I'm still trying to plan. So basically, me and my boyfriend, this is crazy because we live together, but we, um, I structure times in my diary that we spend together. Mm -hmm. So I'll know, like on a Friday evening, after seven o'clock, from seven till nine, that's his time. So basically, I'll put the phone away, I'll um, put the laptop away, I'll um, get everything out of sight and just spend time with him. Mm -hmm. But what we've been doing recently is we've been allocating time in the evening just to go out for a walk together. And we'll just leave it, the phones and everything at home and we'll just go and chat. But um, this is only something that we've recently added in because um, I did have a breakdown and I was like, oh my God, I am doing way too much. This is so difficult. I feel like I'm working or training all the time and mm -hmm. I didn't have any balance and everybody was starting to notice it my friends yeah. were like are you okay my mum was like when are you coming to see me and basically I just um had worked myself into the ground mm -hmm. um so yeah I just structure times where okay I'll get up an hour earlier and do an extra hour of work there so I can make time with family and friends later on mm. um but yeah, just having a diary that I write everything in has been my game changer. Honestly, it makes everything so much clearer because if you write everything down, you can see 
the tasks that need to be done yeah. rather than just thinking it in your head because if you don't write it down you'll end up repeating the same things over and over and over in your head yeah and start to make you feel more overwhelmed than what you need to be so I think writing everything down and actually having a structure with my days um makes a huge difference I think that's one thing that Cal's um kind of ingrained or encouraged he's pushed me a lot more to do it because he knows if I have a stressful week, my cellulite is going to be worse. My condition, like my puffiness, I look like a puffer fish. It's ridiculous. And the week after, he's like, right, you need to chill the F out, Jazz. He goes, none of this work until like, blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay. Um, and it was mad for me the difference that it made, not just to my physique, but to my productivity as well. And he goes, if we've got any chance of your fat loss working, you need to just stop stressing out. You need to stop working up until late. You need to give yourself, right, seven, eight o'clock, that's it. Like, give yourself that deadline. It's like, that is it, no more. And I was like, okay. Yeah, Carl did the exact same to me as well. Carl did the exact same to me as well. He was like, no this is your curfew time. You do not work past this time. And it has made me a lot more productive because I'm like, I need to get all yeah. this done before nine o'clock <laughs> or whatever yeah. time. It makes it so much um, better. It makes you feel better as well. Mm. So I do try and allocate time that I'll just go out a little walk, listen to a podcast and have a little bit of me time. Yeah. I think that's something that some of us in the industry, I don't know, I don't see a lot of people in the industry talk about that side. It's all about, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm working towards. Instead of, and then that kind of gives the perception to some people being like, oh damn, she's always doing this. She's always doing that. And then you look at yourself and go kind of like, I guess feel that guilt. And that's something that I've tried to talk about a little bit more as well. It's like, no, I have my chill time. I've always chilled more now yeah. because I know that I need to, not just for my business, for myself, but for others around me as well. Like I've learned the hard way. I'm a nightmare and I don't. Take you out time. I'm the, I'm the same, and I try and avoid Instagram later on in the evening as well because um, I do get anxiety. Like I do sometimes get a little bit anxious because you do Instagram only shows the highlights of what everybody's doing. Yeah. So I try and make sure that I'm not constantly checking what other people's doing. And I actually spoke to Carl about this a few weeks ago mm. and I just had a clear out of my followers and then um, got rid of everything that was making me feel a little bit shit because you're right. If you do see someone working all the time or you feel like you're not pushing as hard as you should be, it does make you feel guilty and feel like you should be like working a hundred percent all the time, but that isn't the case. Yeah. Um, and it is so, so important to just take a step back and realize how good you're actually doing um, when you're not comparing yourself to what other people is up to and how much you actually are working. Mm. So good to just take a step back and just be like, I'm actually nailing my life. Because yeah. <laughs> you talk about recovery as well. I think when I, used, when I first came in the, into the industry, I would say I deemed recovery in the sense of, oh, I make, I'm getting enough sleep. Oh, I'm making sure I have my protein out my, my post-workout. And actually, it's a lot more than that, I think, with recovery. It is that overall lifestyle and that chill time and that downtime. Um, that's the way I see recovery now. Whereas in the past, I'd be like, oh, yeah, get enough sleep. I'll be fine. It's like, no. It goes so much deeper than that. Yeah, definitely. 
So I'm not going to ask you what makes you not just a keen girl because you have answered that. <laughs> but um, is there anything else you want to add? If, there, if people can remember one thing from this episode, what should they remember? To actually believe in yourself. To believe that you can do anything if you put your mind to it. To believe that you can achieve your biggest dreams if you just work hard and believe in yourself. Love it. That's the perfect way to end this. Thank you so much for coming on, babe. It's been such a pleasure. I hope you guys have all enjoyed this episode. I'm going to put Erin's details as well. She is also an online coach and a prep coach. Um, so do get in contact with her if you do need that resource. And she's always an open book anyway. So any questions you've got about like figure or anything like that, um, she is your girl. So thank you so much, babe. And we'll see you guys in the next episode.